And I know that the big holdback for a lot of us when it comes to self-care is that we don't feel like we have the time or the energy to do more. And we feel like adding in these self-care routines is adding in more to our days. And maybe we don't feel like we can do that. And so today I really want to talk about how it doesn't have to feel like more, how self-care really can be motivating and why it is so necessary. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Simple is the New Smart podcast. I'm Zara Fagan, PhD, author of Minimalist Homeschooling and the creator of the Simple is the New Smart membership. And this is the place where we talk about how less really is more and how simple really is the new smart. This is the place for any homeschooler who wants to trade stress, exhaustion, overwhelm, and self-doubt for peace, clarity, confidence, and a sense of true abundance. It turns out that transforming our mindset really can transform our homeschools and our lives. We'll talk tips and strategies, stories and perspective, and interview people who have lessons to teach us. And I am just so happy that you're here. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hello, and welcome back to the Simple is the New Smart podcast. I am Zara Fagan, your host for the podcast and other of minimalist homeschooling. So today we are talking about self-care, but please don't cringe. Please don't turn it this off. Please don't switch to another podcast that you think will be more useful or more productive because you are like me and you think that you necessarily don't have time to indulge right? Because self-care, I'm going to convince you by the end of this podcast, I'm going to convince you that self-care is a necessity and it is not indulgent. So let's talk first about the minimalist mindset, right? Because that's sort of why we're all here. We have a shared goal of wanting to live simply. We have a shared goal of wanting to be intentional. We have a shared goal of wanting to be in the moment, of wanting to fill our moments with the most valuable things, not the worthless or the unsatisfying things, right? So that is our goal. So therefore, I'm going to convince you that we must talk about self-care, right? Because minimalism, first and foremost, is about being who we'd like to be. Instead of focusing on what we have, we focus on who we are being, right? And in our homeschools, we focus on who we are being as teachers and students, In our marriages, we focus on who we are being as a partner and a spouse, right? So the stuff no longer matters, except if it serves us in being who we want to be. And so when we're talking about self-care, I want to bring it back first and foremost to this idea of are we really being who we would like to be? So the reason that I never really embraced self-care for many years was because it felt like it was more. I heard from all these gurus about how I need to exercise, preferably first thing in the morning. I need to read the Bible, preferably first thing in the morning. I need to be eating properly all day long, but especially first thing in the morning. I need to have routines for our cleaning, and I need to have routines for getting my nails painted or my hair done. All of these things that I should be doing. And you guys know that I do not like that word should. And when we talk about self-care, it usually comes down to a whole laundry list of shoulds, 
of what we should be doing to take care of ourselves. And that never works. If we feel an external obligation to fulfill someone else's checklist of what they believe is meaningful and valuable, and we try to imprint that on our own lives, a lot of times it doesn't have the same meaning or value to us. Instead, we have to look at what actually is meaningful and valuable to us. So I'm going to argue to you today that self-care is actually self-preparation. In fact, we can totally ditch the word self-care and we can start thinking about self-preparation. And I'm glad that I'm doing this podcast first thing in the new year because this goes along with my idea about New Year's resolutions. I don't subscribe to New Year's resolutions. And I realized this probably about four years ago when our year was totally unpredictable. Our year was completely unpredictable. There was no way that I would have known that major life-changing events were going to happen that year that did. So honestly, guys, I spent years of my life researching the effects of chronic stress and how it literally can adjust how parts of the brain react and therefore influence behavior. And yet I fall prey to chronic stress just as much as everybody else. And I am trying to get better, but it really took some real life experience for me to change how I approached taking care of myself. So normally I'm a planner. I'm a list maker. I'm a checker offer. If you're in my membership, you know, I love to provide lists. I love to provide processes. Do it in this process. Number one, number two, number three, number four, number five, you're done, right? I am that planner processing type of person. That's what I like to share with the world. It's probably why I was drawn to science. And normally I try to plan for the new year. That is, I used to try to plan for the new year. Now I have learned that it is much better to prepare for the new year. And in fact, to prepare just for every day. So this is about living in the moment, being prepared for the moment, rather than trying to set goals and predict the future. So it brings self-care a new meaning because it's asking actually, how do we be prepared for whatever life is going to throw our way? And if you are a homeschooler, you know life could throw any kind of thing your way today. You cannot predict it, right? Insanity, I think, is being a parent and thinking you can predict how any hour of a day is going to go with any sort of reliability, right? That's one way to sort of go insane. As parents, we have to be incredibly flexible and adaptable. And I think that's tough on a lot of us who are planners and processors. And so I want to give you a new type of list that you can check off, but it still leaves us with being adaptable. So first of all, I have a goal setting podcast. It's podcast number 15. So I am not opposed to setting goals by all means set goals in that podcast. I talk about why to set goals and how to set the best goals. So there are a few things that are really important for setting goals that I go over in that podcast, but let's move on now to this sort of idea of a new year and a new year resolution to be more prepared, to be self preparatory if that's even a word. And really, this comes down to being able to fully embrace the moment. This comes down to living very intentionally. The whole point of minimalism is to have less stuff so that we can be more in the moment, so that we can have more value day to day. And we don't want to worry about all those things that require maintenance. And we definitely don't want to work more so that we can just go buy more stuff that we have to clean and maintain and acquire. So a big part of minimalism then is this freedom, this freedom of more time, more space, more money, more energy. And then what do we do with that time, that space, that money, that energy? How do we make the most of it? And so a mindset that came with that freedom for me was asking, how do I relinquish control? And so here, a lot of times when we're thinking about 
living in the moment. So many of us want control of those moments. And I want to stop here and do a quick definition of control versus being intentional. And I think that if we approach our lives from a position of being intentional rather than controlling everything, it makes a huge difference. So here we go. Here is the Merriam-Webster definition for intention. So an intention is the thing that you plan to do or achieve. It is an aim. It is a purpose, right? So it has a very meaningful definition. It is the thing you plan to do or achieve, an aim or a purpose. So it goes right along with this idea of having goals, having aim, having purpose, having focus. I'm, I'm all about that. Like, I'm okay with that. But then let's talk about control because I think here is where a lot of us get hung up where we actually are trying to control things. Control, the definition according to Merriam-Webster, is to direct the behavior of a person or animal, to cause a person or animal to do what you want, to have power over something, to direct the actions or functions of something, to cause something to act or function in a certain way, right? So on the one hand, intention is our own internal aim. It is our own internal purpose. Control is exerting our force onto something external. So we cannot control everything around us. We don't have actual control over things externally. We only have control over how we behave, how we view the world, how we react, what we hold onto, what we choose to do, what we choose to say, what we choose to own. Intentionality is purely an individualized self idea. It's a self concept, right? So being intentional has everything to do with our self versus having control, which has everything to do with us imposing on some external thing, our wishes, our demands, our desires. Do you follow? And so I really want to start thinking about self-care from that definition of intentionality, which is all about self, because the word self is in self-care. And self-preparation goes along with this intentionality because it's an internal and reflective look on ourselves and this idea of minimalism, of being who we want to be. So it comes full circle and it's really important that we now talk about how exactly do we be who we want to be. And I'm going to try to impress on you that self-care and goals and resolutions for the new year and all of these things have nothing to do with anybody else. It is 100% about us being who we would like to be, but everybody around us benefits when we're at our best. And I think this is the other important concept here because for so long, I felt like self-care was selfish. It only benefits me. I can be stronger than that. I don't need that. I can come last. I had young kids. I felt like I didn't have the luxury to put myself first. And self-care is really not about putting ourselves First, self-care is really about showing up as the person we most want to be and not setting ourselves up for failure. Nobody wants to feel like they are failing as a mother or failing as a teacher or failing as a spouse or failing as a friend or a sister or a daughter. Nobody wants to feel that way. And so in order to avoid that, we have to do the work to not fail, right? And so if we want to be out in the world as this person with an aim, with a purpose, with intentionality, then we have to prepare ourselves for that purpose. And I really want to let that sink in here because that had a huge impact on me when I realized that I have a purpose in this world. We all have our jobs. We all have our roles in this world. And the time that I spend not doing my best is time that I won't get back. And nobody else is fulfilling those roles. Those roles are uniquely mine. So if I'm not doing them well, they're not getting done well. There's nobody who's going to pick up the slack. We're not cross-training here with other mothers or other homeschool teachers. This is our purpose 
and we've been charged, we have a responsibility to show up for our roles and to do them well. It's a very big responsibility, right? So in 2017, when that year started, I had zero plans to write a book. I had zero plans for all of the major changes that were going to happen that year in our business simply because I didn't foresee the opportunities and the setbacks that were going to come our way. I didn't have the inspiration for a book yet. I didn't know that that inspiration was going to come to me. And yet these are really big parts of our life. Things that happened in that year are still affecting us today. Those were big turning points and big moments. And I'm really proud of all of our progress and how far we've come with those opportunities and with those setbacks. And I can see now how it was sort of meant to be and how important all of those things were. But when I finished 2017 and I sort of caught my breath, I was like, wow, how did I navigate all of that craziness? Plus, I had a one-year-old who turned two that year. What happened, guys, is that I went into survival mode, but I went into my best version of survival mode. I felt like I was at a crossroads. So I was in survival mode of parenting and working, right? I felt turned around, disconnected. I didn't have time to set a bunch of ambitious goals. I was pretty sleep deprived still. My my children are not well known for being good sleepers. In 2017, I started the year not even thinking I had the energy or anything to set any ambitious goals. I did not feel like I could have set any ambitious goals or make serious plans. I was literally trying to survive, but instead I committed to myself. I didn't even mean to. It organically arose from what I needed most. So I was feeling deprived. I was feeling like I was barely holding on. I was definitely sleep deprived. And so I knew I needed to pull myself together. And so when I was in this state of complete survival, I didn't put self-care on my calendar. I would complain that I didn't have the time, the energy. I didn't have the friends even to make it happen. I wasn't really connected to anybody because I was so focused on my own children at that point. I don't make excuses easily for anything else that needs to happen. I really don't make excuses. It's either valuable or not valuable. And if it's valuable, I do it and I find a way to make it happen. But I was making excuses for self-care. And I think the key here is that I didn't see the value in it. I'm going to tell you what did work is that I stopped calling it self-care because it's become so cliche to make space and prioritize mom self-care. And let me tell you the tangible commitments that I made so that you can make your own tangible commitments. Again, I'm not suggesting that you take my checklist and imprint them on your life. I'm not even suggesting that this same checklist applies to me today. I'm saying that it's worth taking some time to reflect on what your checklist is. So first of all, it became a self-improvement, productivity tool. How do I show up my best? How do I be the best mom for these kids? How do I be the best spouse? How do I be the best business owner? How do I be a better friend? And how do I just manage my home at a level that is not chaos, right? So it's not self-care. It's preparing for my jobs. I need to be sane for my children and I need to be sane all day long. (laughs) I need to have patience, right? I need to simplify how much my brain is constantly juggling. I need to be more productive in our homeschool, in our business. I actually need to get some stuff done. I need my heart to be free so that I actually can commit to people and to challenges. I need to make each day easier for everyone around me. I felt like I was trying to run uphill in two feet of snow with all the snow boots and maybe carrying skis. Like I felt like it was tough. It was hard. I needed my days to be easier so that then I could accomplish more, right? Because if it's easier, we can do more. So how do I make everything easier? 
and basically how do I be the best version of myself and how can I help myself succeed in being that person and stop setting myself up for failing. I walked almost every day. These days I don't walk nearly as often, but I love it when I do. And I walked, whether it was honestly, a lot of times it was with the stroller around the baseball fields. Throughout the whole baseball game, I would just circle the field with the stroller. One, it kept the baby happy. But two, I would listen to podcasts. I would listen to music. Sometimes I wrote notes in a pocket-sized notebook that I would keep in my pocket as I walked. Sometimes I prayed. Sometimes I walked while my children ran or my older children rode their bikes. I even walked in the rain that year. The point is I made it happen and I did whatever it took to enjoy it, to look forward to it, to be motivated to do it. I saw the value in it. I had to see the value in anything that I was going to add to my day. For me, this wasn't about the exercise. This was about the mental clarity. This was about giving myself some space to go through my thoughts so that I really could be present in the moment. I wasn't committing necessarily to me time. I wasn't announcing to everybody, this is my me time. It was walking helps me clear my thoughts. It lifts my spirits. It calms me. It gives me more patience. It gives me more grace. It gives me more clarity. So I need it in order to be a better mom. I need it to be who I want to be. So I was committing to a sense of peace every day. That's what I was committing to. That's what I was craving. So it was a different motivation. And so if you want to start to really embrace self-care and have it be the most satisfying, purposeful, useful version of self-care, I would recommend asking yourself why. I have a really old YouTube video about this, but a lot of times when we have a problem with something's bothering us, the best question is to ask is why. And then you ask why again, why again, and why again? So why am I not feeling like the best version of myself? And why am I feeling that way? And why, and why, and why some more? And so for me, I did not have a sense of peace. And I asked, why don't I have a sense of peace? How do I get a sense of peace, right? So whatever it is for you that you feel deprived of, that's your indication of where your self-care, where your self-preparation lies. That's your indication of how to be more intentional with your time so that you can be the best version of yourself. So the other thing I did was I tried to write every day. Again, this was for mental clarity and for peace and self-reflection. It was how I kept from carrying too much in my brain. A lot of times it was just a brain dump of all the things I needed to get done, all the things that I was feeling. And then once it was on paper, then I could start to address it. I could start to address the things that needed to get done. I could start to address and problem solve how I was feeling. I could start to embrace being more intentional with my time by writing down my thoughts. It was a way for me to give my family, my business, all my best energy and attention. I had to get that stuff on paper. And when it's all jumbled up in your mind, you're not really good at prioritizing it. So whatever it is that's on your mind, if you get it on paper, it becomes a lot easier to prioritize, right? I apologized. So this is a huge part of self-care. You know, I'm Catholic, I go to confession, but honestly, we need to apologize to anybody, to, mostly to ourselves, I, at least I do. But really, this comes down to apologizing to anybody and everybody, including ourselves. But you have to have those heart-to-heart conversations to apologize for where you feel like you have failed before you can move on. So then I was able to commit to moving on past whatever I thought I had failed in in the past, right? So we have to get over all of those things that we think we have failed at doing in order to set ourselves up to succeed. So I also looked at my strengths. 
because I wanted life to be simpler. I didn't want it to be any harder than it had to be. I looked at my strengths, like what am I good at? And honestly, what am I not good at? How do I do more of what I'm good at? Every time I work with my strengths, life is easier. And instead of feeling guilty and focusing on my weaknesses, I could instead focus on my strengths as God intended, right? And I spent a lot of time and thought in prayer. I actually texted people I'm really close to and asked them, what do you think my strengths are? And they they were kind of taken aback, but ultimately they gave me some pretty honest answers and I'm really appreciative of that. So sometimes self-care comes just from accepting the beautiful, strong, unique people that we are. That self-care comes from not trying to be like everybody else, but instead accepting I am really good at this. And instead of beating myself up over the things that I'm not doing, I'm going to embrace what I'm good at and I'm going to really use it. And I'm gonna use it the best that I can in every aspect of my life because that's gonna be more enjoyable, it's gonna feel more comfortable, and I'm gonna be really good at it, right? So we're setting ourselves up for success again. This is a way to make life easier and to make life more productive. And it also meant that, especially in our business, but even in homemaking, I had to delegate some of the things in order for life to be easier. I had to be really honest about what I just didn't need to be the one doing that thing, right? And I spent time in my faith. So I read scripture daily. It didn't take long. I made sure it was super easy. Everything on my list had to be super easy. It had to be not too time consuming and it had to fit into my day with four young kids, but it also had to be motivating and impactful. It had to be something I found valuable. And once I got started reading the scriptures and I realized how impactful it was and how I could mull over what I had learned that day all day long, then it was sort of this self-fulfilling prophecy, right? So once you get started, it is so motivating that you keep doing it. This is why a lot of people drop off of their diets or their workout routines because it takes so long to, if you're doing it in a healthy way, to lose any large amount of weight that people get discouraged, right? But that's not the case for me and scripture, right? Just a little bit was so impactful that it was automatically motivating to stick with it, right? And I would notice when I didn't. I would notice when I didn't go for a walk. I would notice when I didn't write. I would notice when I was working against my own strengths. I would notice when I hadn't spent time in the scriptures. And that's when you know that your self-care really is impactful. Being the best version of ourselves is so much more motivating than this idea of quote unquote self-care, right? So this is really about being the best version of ourselves. It's so much more than filling a cup, right? People like to use this analogy where you have to fill your own cup before you pour it out into somebody else. And I have never really felt like that analogy resonated with me because I don't like this idea of filling myself up, depleting myself, filling myself up, depleting myself. I don't I don't feel like those around me should necessarily deplete me even though my jobs are very challenging, but I also don't like this idea of being on a roller coaster <laughs> where, you know, we're we're taken care of and then we're depleted. We're taken care of and then we're depleted, right? And to me it felt like that says a mom needs to give everything she has and then escape so that she can regain her sanity, her energy, her whatever, and that AKA she's filling her cup. And then she comes back and she does it all over again. I don't think that that's also, I don't think that's very sustainable or realistic. And that our goal as parents should never be to completely deplete ourselves into our children, but that this is a very symbiotic relationship and that we need to find a way that we can stay full, that we can light up even with our children alongside us. And so, for example, I can go for a walk every day, even with my children alongside me, I can stay full, I can stay lit up. And 
a lot of times burnout is not necessarily from doing too much. It's from doing too little of the things that light us up. And this is true in our homeschools too. We get burnout in our homeschool, not necessarily because we're doing too much, but because what we're doing doesn't light us up. So self-care for me looks a whole lot more like improving myself and being the best version of myself, not depleting myself and then refilling myself to some norm where I can survive and function and then depleting myself again. Mothering does include its fair share of hiding and escaping, sometimes with caffeine and chocolate, plenty of self-sacrifice. I am not going to deny that. I'm not a fan of a hamster wheel scenario where we're never getting ahead. So instead of filling, pouring, filling, pouring, when you're never really getting ahead, I prefer to approach life by building myself up. And therefore, I'm able to build up those around me with me that we're all alongside each other and building up any one of us brings up and provides more to those around us, right? Does that make sense? Whereas if I'm just pouring everything out into my kids and then I'm depleted, that is more of a hamster wheel scenario where you're never really improving life. And a lot of us will feel stuck in that situation. We, we can feel helpless or we can feel hopeless and we can feel defeated and like it's never going to get any better. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. This is just our routine. It's just constant, constant, constant. And when we step off that treadmill and we decide instead that, you know what, every single day I'm going to be who I want to be and I'm going to try my best. I'm going to do what it takes to be the best version of me. And therefore my children will benefit. Therefore my spouse will benefit. Therefore my teaching will be better. My parenting will be better. My ability to be a friend will be better. I'm preparing myself for my jobs and having that idea of self-improvement and showing up as my best is so much more motivating than giving all of it until I can't take it anymore and I have to go escape, right? I want to leave you with this idea that Mother Teresa is known to have spent five hours every day in prayer or meditation spread throughout the day. So she spent seven and a half hours on her work for the poor and five hours throughout the day prayer in prayer and meditation. She spent five and three quarters hours on meals, personal care, cleanup and rest. And then finally, and the rest of the time went to sleeping. So she prescribes this same schedule for the missionaries of charity, the convents that follow Mother Teresa's example. And so we visit the missionaries of charity convent that's near our home. And the sisters explained to me once, and this was a big turning moment to me, that St. Teresa of Calcutta believed that the nuns needed all that time for prayer and rest in order to do the hard work that God would put before them that day. Her schedule was literally focused on her work and therefore preparing herself to do that work, not knowing who God was going to put in her life that day, but knowing that she wouldn't be able to do that work well without preparation of rest and prayer and meals and self-care. If we're, if we're going to be honest, without that self-care, she could not do God's work the best. And so she went on not only to keep that schedule herself, but to recommend that schedule to everybody who was following her example. So in conclusion, if I had actually tried to plan that year, if I had set ambitious goals for 2017 with my one-year-old in my lap and my other three young children, and I had said, I am going to do this, that, and the other, I have no idea what I would have planned. 
but I'm pretty sure it would not have been what happened, what ended up coming to us, right? I would have been so defeated that I didn't achieve my goals. I would have felt like, oh, I had all these plans for this year and it got totally derailed. But fortunately, (laughs) fortunately, I didn't have a plan. And this is where my recommendation comes in. Instead, I simply knew I had to prepare and I needed to do a better job of being the best version of myself. And therefore, 2017 ended feeling like a success, feeling like, wow, we really did it. And hey, by the way, I wrote a book. Whereas if I had had other plans and then I I was inspired to write a book, I probably would not have written that book because I would have thought, I don't have time for this. I have all these other plans and goals. But instead, because I was simply focused on being who I wanted to be, when the inspiration came, I did have the space, I did did have the energy, I did have the mental clarity to get it done. And the same thing when business opportunities came, I had the space and the energy and the mental clarity to make it happen. So I'm talking today about instituting routines that are designed to prepare you for your jobs. I'm talking about asking yourself why and what you need most. And I'm talking about being proactive in who you wanna be so that you can react to all the things that come your way. And I'm talking about being intentional, which is self-driven, as opposed to controlling, which is where we impose our force on the environment around us. So if you have ever struggled with prioritizing your self-care in the past, I hope that this gave you some food for thought. If you're really great at self-care, maybe this gives you some food for thought about how you can tweak it to be even more valuable. I would encourage you to think more specifically about What will help you feel sane? What will give you a clear mind? What will help you feel connected? We live in a world right now where there is so much complaint about people feeling disconnected from each other. How can you feel more connected in this world? Because we all know that that is a huge contributor to a sense of stress and depression and anxiety is a feeling of disconnect, right? So how can you feel more connected to your own children, to your spouse? How can you feel more connected to your community? How can you feel more connected in general? And I don't think the answer here is Facebook. (laughs) I think we need to get a little bit more creative about that and think about the easiest ways to have meaningful connection in our lives. What will help you be a better version of yourself? What will free your heart? What are you holding on to that is weighing down your heart? Where are your strengths and how can you use those better? And what will really equip you to do your work well? What tools do you need? Because when we get intentional about our self-care and who we want to be, we're no longer on this sort of survival treadmill where we're spinning our wheels or we're just trying to keep our head above water or going through the motions. We want to honestly have the time and the energy. We want to remove the things that are sapping us of our energy. We want to remove the things that are sapping us of our mental clarity. And also you can take these questions and you can try to almost reverse them. You can ask yourself like, what is weighing down my heart? What are my weaknesses? What is not equipping me to do my work? What is depleting me? What is not giving me mental clarity, right? Because we want to purge in the name of minimalism. We want to purge those things that are depleting us. We want to purge those things that are keeping us from being the best version of ourselves while we make the space and energy and time for those things that are most valuable to who we want to be. And this means that we sort of get off of the treadmill of just trying to survive and we have the space and energy to be in the moment, to be present in the moment, to have that freedom to be who we want to be and to make each moment meaningful instead of simply trying to keep our head above water, trying to not be completely depleted. We can be a willing participant in our lives and we can be an active participant. We don't have to be the mastermind of our lives. We don't have to control every aspect of it. And the more we try to control life, the more crazy 
we feel and the more defeated we feel. So my goal is to leave you today with the encouragement and the inspiration to perhaps rethink and recommit to your self-care or self-preparation routines. I am cheering for you to be the best version of you, and I am wishing you all the simple things. Have a great one. Bye now. Did you know that you can get exclusive bonus episodes of the Simple as a New Smart podcast, your specific questions answered, a vault of tutorials on minimalist homeschooling, and more? That's right. Regardless of where you are in your homeschool journey or what level of support you're looking for, there's something for everyone in the Simple is the New Smart monthly membership. Check it out at resources.zaraphd.com forward slash simple dash is dash the dash new dash smart. And I'll see you there. Bye-bye.